It's been how long? A decade. <laughs> Has it? Honestly. I, I don't know. I legit came on and asked you when you finished your Invisalign. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was like on episode six of the making of Smile Co. Hey, we still get a ton of people listening to like episode one, two, three, four of Smile Co. Oh, that's amazing. There's even been people who use your name now. Fuck that noise. Are, are we an explicit rating? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sure. I don't know. But I think... Um, we're on here, guys. We're talking, and we're going to be making this happen because Ashley is opening up her fourth practice. Just kidding. Her second Just practice. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah her no. second practice. We're, we're going to do this all over again, Michael. Isn't that crazy? We're four and a half years in. So my goal, honestly, you know, people have, like, vision boards, like I had a vision board that when Smiling Co. turned five, I would theoretically have another location. All right. And yeah, like I, I didn't actually talk about that out loud because, you know, when you say things out loud, it, I don't it's know. Like real? It's like real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really real. And I had that on my, my mental vision board and now it's. It's actually happening, which is crazy. You've had a smile and co for five years now? In September will be five years. How how's everything coming along in Smile and Co? I feel like the last time we spoke, your team was huge. You were like hired more I feel like you're always hiring new people. Have you hired more now? No, but I'm looking to hire um <laughs> Okay, but but check me out. Okay, so I have I have two other docs besides me, Dr. Tiffany and Dr. Cassie. They're both there part-time. And I currently have four assistants in the back. But I want to take Colin, who's like my main assistant. She's the back office manager. I want to take her out of chairside completely mm-hmm. because I need help organizing the retreat, the um, the second location, as well as the podcast stuff. So basically, like my executive assistant. So now I'm looking for another assistant, another RDA to replace Colin. I remember, dude, like a long time ago, you were picking and deciding like, I don't know if I should open a second location or if you just wanted to and I remember you were like, I just want to blog. That's it. I just want to write and blog. <laughs> and then I mean, you... I still want to do that. <laughs> and now you, I feel like you said, forget it. I'm just going to do all everything and not pick and choose. Oh my gosh. I so, I am, I'm like a mess. I mean, you already know that. I want to do everything. In fact, before we recorded, I just showed Michael the new camera gear that I bought because I have um, visions of grandeur. And I think I'm going to start vlogging, but I no, I am going to start vlogging because I really want you guys to see all the behind the scenes that happens, not just on a day to day at Smiling Co, but also this is how we are planning a retreat. This is all the things that we're doing for the second location. 
And so next week, Brian and I are actually flying to Denver and uh, we're going to start the whole design process for Smile & Co. number two. So why Denver? Okay. Um, because that is where my architect is. So this time I used an architect. Last time you did it? Last time I designed the floor plan myself. Did you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Of course. So I designed the floor plan myself. And I mean, I love my first location, but I definitely squeezed all the juice I could get out of that uh, 1900 square feet. And I mean, I don't have a private office anymore. We don't really have a break room. We don't have parking. So when I told Brian that like, hey, I want to, I want to potentially hire an architect to do this because I want to build my dream practice. Not that Smiling Co. the first one wasn't my dream practice. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I love, I'm so, I, I love how our office turned out, but I also know what my limitations are. And I love architecture just in general. I like love looking at buildings and design. And I know that I wanted the second location to be even bougier than the first. <laughs> yeah. How, yeah. How, when did you secure the, the, the location? No, oh, funny you ask. I, let's see. So we saw the first, we saw the building, was it July, June or July? And we submitted an offer the day before my birthday. So August 11th. And then they countered the offer. And then we agreed on the sales price late August. Um, and we're supposed to close. So obviously we are buying the building. That's why I'm talking about it like that. Um, we're, we're scheduled to close on the building at the end of March. Okay. So it's, it's official though, right? I mean, it's official. If, if I backed out, which is technically still a possibility, I would lose a significant deposit which I don't want to do that. And I've also paid a significant amount for this architect. So I have a lot invested already. And I also put it out into the universe that uh, we're doing another location. So I feel obligated to make sure that happens. <laughs> <laughs> but you, do you, you want to? You want to, right? I want to open another location? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So really quick, I just want to ask, don't give me a range. Give me specifics. How much was the architect? How much was the deposit? How much is the location? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so the deposit that I have is, I think it's 25000 So if I walk away now, then I lose that. That's for the building. Mm -hmm. The architect. So the architect charges based off of square footage. So the building that we're purchasing is almost 3,800 square feet. So they, the way it rolled out was it's like 86,000 for the architect. But that also includes all the, like the floor plan, 
the specs, so mechanical, engineering, all the things that I need to basically build. And then um, what was the other one that you... How much asked? was the whole building? Why you gotta be so nosy though, Michael? <laughs> this is the, this is it. This is what, what, this, honestly, if you were to hear this, would you be like, dang, I want to know. You would want to know. Give me like a, a close range. about range. A, cl- a soup, don't be like a million or one, or you know what I mean? Dollar. Give me like a good close range. You've already gotten this specific. <laughs> it's between one and two mil. Okay. One in, that's still kind of far. So. Is it more to the words the two mil Leon side? <laughs> no. That is all you're getting from me. <laughs> between one and two. Okay. It was not inexpensive, but I also live in California. So that is, that's the price to play. So, and I refuse, well, I don't refuse. I just love owning the property that I know I'm going to invest in. Mm. Like owning a dental office and building a dental office from scratch is no easy feat. As you guys know, listening, Uh, it's very expensive to plumb, get all the equipment. And once you're in, it's not like we can just pick up and move, you know, like it's, it's an investment. So And especially during COVID where I heard so many landlords that were just screwing over tenants. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that to happen to me. So I think it's a good um, diversification of your portfolio just to have more real estate. Yeah. Who's the name of your architect? Joe Architect. Is that for real? Yeah. That's his name. Architect. The name of the the architecture oh, firm oh, oh, okay. is Joe Architect. How'd you find them? Like, why why did you pick them all the way in Denver? So I actually was researching architects for location number one, mm-hmm. and I wanted to use them then. But of course, it's your first location. You have no money. Like, I I saw. So back then they had quoted me. I believe it was like. 40 grand, which hindsight, that seems so cheap now <laughs> for 30 grand. Um, but yeah, no, it, I've, I've, I found them, I think, just from random Instagram, Instagram searches. They do beautiful work. And that's what I want. I want a beautiful office. Okay. Okay, dude, this is going to be, have you already d- decided what bank you're going to go with and everything like that? That's already... I did. I did. So I had, I, so my original loans for the first location were all with Wells Fargo. I don't know if, if you're aware, but Wells Fargo, they, they basically screwed over their clients during COVID and Mm -hmm. that whole PPP situation. They, even though I had all of my money invested in Wells Fargo, they couldn't even give me PPP. So I had to go to like some um, online bank to get funding. And after that, I said, okay, well, screw this. I am switching from Wells Fargo to anyone else. Like I was so not happy with their customer service. Mm -hmm. And then for the second location, I basically was working with First Citizens Bank and 
um, Bank of America. And then in the end, after a lot of back and forth between both banks, I ended up basically pitting them against each other to give me the best, the best deal. I mean, it's like um, dating, right? Or so I've told. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley always dated two. Brian, what's happening here? (laughs) You always dated two people. Yeah, you guys pitted against each other for me. (laughs) No, like I've never dated more than one person at a time. So, but I've heard that's what happens when you're like. (laughs) Okay, never mind. This is going down a a really awful rabbit hole. Thanks, Michael. what was I going to say? So they, well, you pitted I, them against each I, other? I pitted them. Oh, my gosh. If they heard this. I mean, they know. Because I was I was I, basically showing them whatever contract the other gave to me. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, how do you do that? Because I, I feel like you get a lot of leverage out of that, you know? You do. You do. I mean, they have to know that they're not the only bank that you're looking at getting funding from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um. I showed one contract to the other and vice versa. And then in the end, Bank of America was able to secure me better rates. What were your rates? Uh, you know, I have no idea anymore. I was going to do my homework and print all of this stuff out right before we recorded. But, um, you know, I never got around to doing that. Can you keep me posted? I'll, I'll give you like a more deta- in detail. Okay. Yeah. No. So next that's good because this is going to be like more of a, of a. An overview. Overview. Yeah. Right. Like let's get caught up because we haven't talked in ages. I know. Let me ask you on your, 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 your practice number one, Folsom. They're both in Folsom, right? Or no? No. The other one is in a um, secret location that I will not reveal yet until I've completely closed on the building. Um, just in case, you know. Oh, in case somebody else hears and they're like, oh, I want it. Or no. I just, I don't want to count. Wait, what is it? I don't want to count my eggs before they hatch. No, is that, is that the same? Did I, I, never, I make that I never, up? I, I never heard that, but no. <laughs> that, that's kind of cool, yeah. You don't want to count your eggs before they hatch? Or is that even a thing? If that's not a thing, I think I made it up. I don't know. Um, I just don't want to jinx it. Before it's really mine. Yeah. 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 No, I yeah. get you. No, at the same time, like I wouldn't want to put it out there and then some, you know what I mean? But, but it, it really is a legit startup number two, because it's not going to pull from, from my first location, the patients. Uh, oh yeah. Cause of the distance. Cause they're, yes. Yes. They're far enough apart that they're not going to mix and mingle. Can I ask how far is it from your like home, like a rough range? It's between 30 and 45 minutes. Okay. That's not that bad then. Cause I was thinking like, oh man, you're going to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Traveling to one. And what if they need like utensils? I don't know. You know what I mean? I just, <laughs> that could be, that could be far. <laughs> what if they need utensils? I don't know. Like, you know what Out I mean? Out of like, everything dental related, you said utensils. <laughs> I don't know anything. You know what I mean? Like, or a team member has to go or blah, blah, blah. You know yeah. what I mean? Anything yeah. like that. But okay. That makes sense. No, I was going to ask on your first practice, did the parking situation, did your neighbor ever move out or anything or no? No, that fucker. He's still there. <laughs> Is he still upset? <laughs> I mean, he still gets upset if somebody accidentally parks in his spot. 
Wow, man. He's just a very grumpy old man. So we don't, we just don't try to mess with him. What's been like the biggest struggle so far from your first startup trying to transition to a second one? Like, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of struggle mentally, like getting your mindset there sometimes, because I feel like sometimes you're like, let's do it. And then you're like, we're good where we're at. Yeah, no, that's, oh my gosh. I think I, I struggled with that for eight months. Wait, whenever, whenever we, whenever I first saw the building till, so we, we first saw the building in June, I think. So I have a therapist that we talk like every other week. This mm-hmm. was literally the topic of conversation for six months because I do, I am very bipolar. Like I like, I like the idea of new and exciting and building again from scratch, but I also struggle with overhead and it's a lot of debt. And we're in California where nobody needs another dental office. And, um, and also just, just the expectations of what if this isn't as successful as I'm hoping it to be? What if we're not achieving that same level of success as the first location? Like it's almost harder and the pressure is on, I would say, whether or not that's self-imposed pressure, I feel it. So it was, it was like, well, do we, do we grow? Or do I count my blessings that everything is going great in location number one? But in the end, like it's in my DNA to create new stuff, whether it's a podcast or another location or even starting a retreat. Like I just, I just love the idea of starting something that didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. Hey, really quick side note. How fun is it to podcast? Oh my gosh. If I could just talk all day. It's like the best day. I mean, I already feel like I talk all day. Just give me a freaking microphone. Like I, I just want to listen to people's stories. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love dentistry, but I only love certain aspects of dentistry. Like I am, I love like changing smiles and, and seeing our patients reactions to their to their new smile but dentistry is hard dentistry is like i mean it's it's hard on your body it's hard mentally and i'm i know that i'm not a good it's funny cuz i'm about to open a second location but i know that i'm not a good like manager i don't want to manage people mm-hmm. i don't want to manage the money like the business part is where I love to delegate to someone who is way more equipped to handle that stuff. Yeah. I want to just build. I want to, I, I think I'm just a, a, a squirrel, <laughs> a serial entrepreneur. That sounds better than a squirrel, but I'm pretty squirrely. Like where you're, I, no, that, that makes a, a ton of sense where you just want like, that's a lot of stress, but I mean, like at the same time, that's a lot of uh, like where you just want to be in the building phases, right? You want to create, yeah. create. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that. Like 
I know I like to do that too, but for you, it's interesting you say that, that you just want to delegate the business side of dentistry. Cause I feel like a lot of people try and sell other dentists on that. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. People are like, Oh, I love it so much. The business side. And mm. I think what I'm really good at, like is what I have learned about myself over these past four and a half years is that my job is I'm, I'm a people person. I love to connect, whether it's via podcast form or with new patients or what have you. And, and my role is to be in charge of our culture, mm-hmm. to be in charge of building our brand. Um, I think that's what makes our office special. But all of the other things, like the overhead, all of the the minutia, you know, like the real like adulting, the real business stuff. Yeah, I learned really early on that that is so not me. I need to hire out for and and if you're listening to this, and you are thinking, well, I can't afford to hire someone to to do this for me or to that for me. Honestly, I am here to tell you. <laughs> You can't afford not to. You have to get out of your own way. And Brian tells me this all the time. He's like, you need to get out of your own way. Like, you need to get out of your head. Like, okay, you know that making a video? I'm just mm-hmm. going to tell you right now. The one that got, I shared to my story. So Brian actually made that. You know what I'm talking about, right? The startup. The one that I, I just put on my story. Is that one? Yes. So Brian. I thought Studio 88 was, made it. Uh, well, they they made it, but then Brian did all of the the editing and the cropping, and he made it like oh, a nice, shareable nice, reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brian does that stuff for me, and you know why? Because when I look at that video, I don't like to look at myself in that video, so I would never share that. So I told him, I said, "Well, I don't, I don't want to share that." He's like, "You need to get out of your own way. Like I'm my own worst critic. I don't want to. I don't ever watch." videos of myself like I don't it's hard for me to to promote Mm. I don't know if you feel this at all but it's hard for me and but I do it because if I don't get out of my own way no one's going to know what we're building next Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that yeah I I get what you mean especially when they're like oh you need to start doing more reels and like your face and stuff like that and you're like oh my gosh I hate it I hate it so much I hate the sound of my voice. As you create a podcast and start vlogging? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's legit. Like, whenever I see myself on video, I think, oh, my gosh, like, that's what I look like. That's what I sound like. It's it's just it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, though. I mean, like, but we all least... have to get out of our comfort zone, right? Yeah. I feel like you have a, a lot of choices in there right now, like, that you're making. You know what I mean? You're grabbing. And you know what? Sometimes... Which choice you make is not as uh, as important as actually making the choice and committing to it. So, so true. So true. I, I read a quote. I read a quote just yesterday. Better to grow slowly than to stand still or something like that. I, I think I totally butchered that quote, but that's okay. the gist of it. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like the egg quote that you just came up with. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, you keep you keep talking. Let me let me not butcher that quote. Okay, because I was gonna ask a little bit more details about your 
your first practice um, and how that's kind of coming along. But I know I also asked you. Oh, let, let, hold on. Let me tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Be not afraid of growing slowly. Be afraid of standing still. Yeah, that's true. I think sometimes it's like the first step we all make is like the hardest, right? We, we think, here's the thing. Let me ask you this. Why are you afraid of putting your face out there and everything like that? Like, I understand it's more like, oh, okay, you know, you're, you don't like the way you look or anything like that. But do you think a thousand eyes are watching and are judging you? Or is it more like you? I think it's both. I think, well, I'm, I'm always going to be my worst critic. But whenever you do put yourself out there, it's, it's scary. And I don't want to be judged. I don't want, I don't want, like, it's just like, um, like receiving a, a negative review, right? Like Mm -hmm. that, that affects me so much. And, and it's the same thing. And it's the same thing, but worse now, I think, because social media is so big. Mm -hmm. It's so widespread. Um, but I think that after interviewing so many women on the other podcasts, the little black dress podcast. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing that a lot of women are so done with giving fucks about what anyone else thinks. Like it has been a recurring theme. Like this year is the year to give zero fucks. (laughs) Sorry that I, you have to bleep out so many words. Uh Uh-huh. No, but yeah, you're right. I think so. I, I like, I think if you care too much, you're never going to do it. That's like never. That yes. Analysis yes. or paralysis by analysis. Type oh of my analysis. gosh. So much so. And do, do you ever listen to Mel Robbins? Yeah. Uh-huh. I freaking love her. Like, I think, I mean, she just talks about, so I just started rereading the high five habit. Have you read that book yet? No, I, she has the five second rule, right? Yes. Yeah, oh, which is a super good book. Mm-hmm. And um, The High Five Habit, I think she just released it like this year. But it's basically high-fiving yourself in the mirror, like whenever. It's like just to give yourself validation because you feel stupid doing it. But once you start doing it, I swear it, it does something in your brain. Like it says, like, I see you, I accept you. And she basically talks about how when she looks in the mirror first thing in the morning, the first thing she notices is like the skin on her neck or like, or the bags under her eyes, like all the things that we hate about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then we think that other people see that too. And so the whole book is about like learning to really embrace who you are and not really care about what other people think of you because because quite honestly nobody really thinks about you yeah we are so in our own heads about ourselves and and it's so true like we don't have time to think about other people I agree like I think we think too many people are looking at us judging us Mm -hmm. and everything when nobody's really thinking about us yeah at all you know what I mean yeah but I like that high-fiving yourself I'm gonna do that in the in the mirror I know every morning, whenever like I wake up, my wife tells me, she's like, today's going to be a good day. And I'm like, it is going to be a good day. And yesterday I was like, I was having an off day, but she kept reminding me it's a good day. And I was like, that's true. So like affirmations like that are kind of nice, you know? 
Yes. When you're when you're going through it. But anyways, drawing it back a little bit to your your first startup or your first practice and the struggle of going to one to two, right? When it comes to the business side of everything, what's the struggle for that? I think I will have more to tell you once our second location's actually open. <laughs> like, do you tell your team? Does your team know already? Are they like, do yeah. they ask like, are we going to, are you going to let this place go? What's going to happen? The, so patients have already, we, yes, the team knows they they were super excited. Um, but then the first thing that they realized was that the team would now be split up. So then they got sad about that, which is like, it, oh, you're it splitting kind of, it up? Well, my goal is to not necessarily hire a second team, at least right out of the gate, because then mm. you're just increasing your overhead. So my goal is to open up that office two days a week and then work in Folsom two days a week. And then hopefully one of my other docs would pick up more days as we grew the second location. But um, yeah, like I, they're super excited. What was the question? I am so. <laughs> <laughs> you win. You win. <laughs> they're don't super excited. Don't you miss recording with me, Michael? Like, oh, uh, that's funny, man. No, I said, what was the question? I think it was about uh, the biggest challenge going from one business to side. Two. Yeah. But then I asked, like, does your team know? But then you said they're going to be split up. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're splitting up the team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan to split them up. Um, but who knows? Like, what if we are not growing fast? What if we fail? Oh my gosh. See, then I go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, of like, dude. why even do this? Like you, you do. I remember I you, you did this. this a lot at the first one. Listen, yeah. oh, you know, what would be a good exercise. Actually, I don't know. Maybe you should ask your therapist, but I think this would might be listen to your first episodes. Oh no, I can't. I can't listen. Why? Yeah. I can't watch. Like I can't listen. I uh, it just gives me anxiety. Why? Remember when I said, like, I don't like the sound of my voice or. Yeah, but <laughs> what have you started? What have you started? Like, this is like an exercise. Like, you're like, let me, let me, let me see. Just start. Let me just see. Like, cause you get, dude, this is like, you're literally seeing, you can see a pattern, right? You can mm-hmm. see what needs to be corrected. You can mm-hmm. kind of see like, but listen to it in the lens of like, you're listening to another practice owner. Right. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this is what. I was thinking this is what I do. I'm doing the same thing and mm-hmm. look how things turn. Let me ask you really quick. How successful from one to 10 would you say is your first practice? 10 being like, oh my gosh, does anybody want a duplicate of my thing? Cause you're going to be successful. Overall, mm-hmm. I would say we're at nine. How much is your overhead? A lot. <laughs> Give me, give me a really good range of how much your overhead is. Between $1 and... <laughs> <laughs> like, is it uh, 65%? Well, okay, so it's, it's different. I feel like we're still in growth mode. That's, and... why, that's why our overhead is high. Because I 
like this past year, I've, because I've known that a second location is happening, I started buying stuff for that next office already. Mm. So if I didn't include all of that stuff, I would say, and if I took out my salary and my, because do you don't, do you count associate salary in overhead? I don't know. I do. Uh, I mean, like, at least I'm just sp- speaking about my own thing. I even count my salary, but maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I would say we're at 70%. That's not, but you know, like I, I do things like I just replaced my carpet in my office. That's like four and a half years old. Why? Because I didn't like the look of the carpet. So we put brand new tile in. Like I do shit like that just because I'm bougie. (laughs) Yeah. But it works though. Right. I, I have come to the conclusion that I do not fit that freaking mold. I don't fit the box of what a typical dental office is, of what a typical dentist is. Like I am, I I just want to do things my own way. So like that whole overhead situation, I I really love technology and I Mm -hmm. love a really beautiful office. And I believe that the design matters, especially in conveying a a certain ambiance for your patients for their experience Mm -hmm. I invest a lot in my education um and we just do things differently in our office like I'm hella slow I like (laughs) to take my time like I I could talk to patients for two and a half hours yeah you do dent where have I heard of that from dentistry differently (laughs) somewhere I don't know. Anyways, I, I understand that you, you don't fit the mold, right? But where's the boundary? Why, why put boundaries on yourself? <laughs> there, I mean, I, I mean, you're right. like why on specific things? Yeah. But I mean, like, you know how like you need boundaries to say no, right? For example, that's a good example. Like, let's just talk about that really quick. Like, if you say that yes to everything, yes, right, that then you never get anything done. So there's the boundary, right? When you mm-hmm. say no, mm-hmm. and sometimes you want to say no, mm-hmm. but we kind of people please. So we're like, yeah, yeah, we could definitely do that, right? And then we were like, dang, should have said no. Um, so kind of in the same scenario, like, and but in a macro perspective, where would the boundary be for you when it comes to doing dentistry differently? Okay, so I've thought a lot about this. And um, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm an oddball when it comes to this, but profitability isn't my end goal. Mm -hmm. And I am fortunate enough to have an amazing husband who whose income provides for our family. But I don't want to downplay the success that we've had in our office. Like Mm -hmm. every, every dollar of profitability, not every dollar, but a good majority of whatever we have, um, we have made profits off of. 
I invest back into the business because I always want to keep pushing and growing and adding not just tech for our patients, but I also want to be able to provide a a culture and experience for my employees. So in the beginning, when I started this office, it was all about the patient. I wanted to be the best dental office there that could possibly be for our patient. And as I've evolved in the owner role, my personal mission statement, we, we were just at a conference not too long ago. My personal mission statement now is, is not so much the patient, but how can I create the best dental practice for my employees? Like, what would that look like for my employees to absolutely come to the office and love what they do? And how can I take care of them? Like, what, what does that look like? So now the goal is, how can we be profitable enough that I can now afford to give my employees six weeks paid vacation a year? What number do we have to hit so that I can offer um, the match of 401k and health benefits and all of these things? So as long as the business is profitable, patients are happy, but most importantly, I'm able to do the dentistry that I love, but also spoil the team. That is my boundary. If that, if all of those boxes don't get checked, because if one will absolutely affect the other, right? Like if, if employees are starting to have, um, if, they're, if my employees are worried about money in my office, I'm doing something wrong. Does that make sense? Like if they're worried about how much they're going to get paid? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if, if my, if my employees are thinking like, well, I need to stay clocked in because otherwise I'm not going to, mm. I'm not going to make rent. Then I will feel that that is a failure on my part. Yeah. And we are successful enough and profitable enough that I want to attract and keep talented employees until retirement. So that's the goal. So like in two years. Right. Retirement. Two year retirement plan. Two, what, <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, which I know you don't, so I'm just going to ask, what is collections like right now? Like for per month or? Per month, yeah. Um, we collected at least $5. At least $5 um, to $5 million is the rate. Because well, I, I, th I think that's, um, that's really good to have that perspective when it comes to like your employees and everything. But what about the people who aren't there yet? What if they're like, man, I'm having a hard time to even find a good employee. These people, I, I kind of trust them. I don't have that full 100% trust like you do, Ashley. Um, but, I mean, this is all I got right now. You know what I mean? 
Like they've yeah. never reached to that level where it's like, hey, I prefer to have an upset employee instead of two one stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And vice versa. Um, yeah, that's a, it's, it's a, honestly, it's a hard, it's a hard question to answer because obviously if you're just starting out and you're worried about overhead and making payroll, you can't think about offering X amount of vacation. And it also depends too on, are the employees you have now, are they worthy of those benefits? But also like, what are you paying? Like it's, it's the chicken or the egg, right? Like if you are looking for bottom of the barrel, like I can only pay you X amount per hour, but you're expecting a Ritz Carlton level of service from this employee. I think that doesn't match. I, I know that my team now, like it was an evolution. I did not start off at all with the team that I have now. Mm-hmm. I feel very blessed to have the amazing ladies I get to to call my colleagues. Like it they're awesome. And I never thought that within 4 years I would be able to fly 11 of us to Arizona and pay for their flights and hotel rooms and a conference. But that is that's the caliber of the women I get to work with. And they also understand that the the goal for me to be able to provide them all of the things that I would like to is a group effort. So they are all watching each other's back. They're all watching the schedule. They, if someone falls off, I have the girls up front, Judy and um, and Julie. They're calling to get more patients in. If my hygienists have a hole in the schedule, they're going through their list of, of patients and, and making recommendations or contacting those patients themselves. Like they're also, they're also talking to our patients about treatment before the doctors get into the room. They all know that it's not just reliant on me or the doctors to fill their schedules. Yeah. Dang, Judy, Judy's been the main, right? She's like stuck with you since opening day, huh? It's my MVP. Because I remember your team before. You're right. Mm-hmm. It has been like an evolution. It's, it's kind mm-hmm. of, I think some of us don't want to go through that pain. You know what I mean? We just kind of rather just sit there and. and, and... I think, I think you have to go through that pain. I think that pain teaches you how to be better. Like what went wrong? It's like failure is inevitable. Like, let me ask you something. Have you ever had to let go of someone who was gr- great personality, but mediocre job, like mediocre oh, yeah. at their job, meaning yes. like they weren't toxic, you know what I mean? Or anything yeah. like that. Everybody loved them. Yes. They were just kind of mediocre. And you kind of thought that they're, I'm keeping them because they still do this and this really good. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. I, yes. When was and, the breaking point? Oh, gosh. How? How did that happen? And when was the breaking point where you were just like, I got to pull this trigger? Like you just thought of it in your own or? No, I think the breaking point was when it started to affect patient care. When things were getting dropped and like lab cases weren't checked in. 
or, or things like that, when it started to really affect the patient experience, but also when it started to affect my level of um, sanity and being able to sleep at night. Because, I mean, you, you always hear about those toxic employees that you have to get rid of right away. Yeah. But the real danger the real, the really dangerous ones are the ones like what you said, the ones who are great with the patients and can smile, but are also not reliable and you can't hold them accountable for anything. And um, so I started a, I don't know if I told you, no, I probably didn't, but I started a, um, a consultant, a consultancy. I have a consultant now and wait, you're a consultant or you started? No, no, no. I started coaching with, with them. I won't tell you who, if you want, if you want to know the deets, message me directly and I'll give you more information. I'm, um, I'm confused. Hold on. Yeah. You are with a consultant? Yes. Like you, you're asking for their help? Yes. Or, okay. I thought you, yeah. like, you were a consultant. I was like, yeah. my gosh, you never told me this, but. Anyway. Yes. No, I hired a consultant and one of the. Um, Do I know who it is? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I'll talk to you offline. But yeah, if you if you have any questions, just DM me, guys, if you're listening. Um, so I love it because the before they even got to tell me anything about my practice, they had a five hour call with me just to see what I want in my life. Like, where do I see myself? Like, what does the next five years look like? What does the next 10 years look like? And they also make you write down a list of all of your employees Mm -hmm. and you have to rate that employee on a scale of one to 10. And then in the exercise, they, they walk you through all of the different names. And if that person is not a nine or a 10, they will tell you, you need to really think about that person and whether or not that person deserves to be in your office. Wow. Now, did you, you thought about it and you're like, what made you say, no, they don't deserve to be. So um, level of passion for their jobs, like level of reliability. Um, There's so many different um, like characteristics that you want in a A plus performer on your team. And if that person doesn't check all the boxes, then whose fault is it that they're still in your office? It's yours. Like you ultimately have the control. So the goal is, so they basically said, you're going to experience a lot of growth and a lot of changes, and you're going to make hard decisions in the next, however long this consultancy is. But we want you to know that you deserve to have only nines and tens in your office. Man, that's, um, I never thought about it like that, you know, Mm -hmm. where you, I guess if like you feel like, oh, I don't deserve to have a nine and ten, they're a good solid seven. Kind of makes you think like, how do you see yourself? Right. No, absolutely. I know the job market has been kind of crazy. So a lot of people are basically sucking it up. Um, But when things go back to normal, whenever that is, 
I don't know. Like, I really do think that we, we undercut ourselves a lot. We don't think we're worthy of this or that, or, or we're always pushing off our quote unquote happiness until we achieve X. But why not start building your life around that instead of waiting for that to happen? Yeah, that's true. All righty, pimp. So this is a promo to the promo of the promo episode because <laughs> <laughs> when we, when Ashley's open up, I mean, well, we're going to kind of be documenting a lot of things on, on this throughout this time, right? Like the startup retreat, yes. everything yes. else, which guys, if you haven't, if you haven't yet joined the making of a dental startup Facebook group, that's where you guys will hear about a lot more, but um, we're excited, man. We're excited to hear more about everything coming along your vision the ups and downs, but uh, yeah. Any anything else you want to mention? Um, no. It was good to finally connect with you, and I bought a, a vlogging camera, so hopefully I can get <laughs> some some video footage up and running for you guys to see the behind the scenes. Um, I'm excited to to do this all over again, and you would think that the second time around it like I'd have more confidence under my belt. Like I feel like a nervous Nelly all over. It's uh it's gonna be another ride and you guys are gonna be are gonna be privy to it. So make sure to listen to future episodes and and watch what we're doing. And make sure to come to the retreat. Napa, Napa Valley, November 16th to 20th. It's gonna be an incredible four days of connection, of wine drinking. Um, and making memories. Yeah. Awesome, guys. So with that being said, Ashley, sign us out. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Making Of. We are so grateful for all your support. Make sure to join the group, like what Michael said. Make sure to message us if you have any questions about specifics, and we will catch you next week. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, guys.